Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia, the podcast that takes a trip down memory lane from two guys that never lived it. I'm Nolan and beside me is Ben. We thank you so much for joining us as we talk about our passions for the past while being young at heart. We apologize for skipping another week. I came down with a pretty bad cold and uh, you might notice it, but I have a tough time breathing a little bit, so I don't want to be like Darth Vader in the mic, but <laughs> Ben will just take over when it, when it gets pretty bad. Anyway, Ben, okay. how you doing, bud? Uh, any day for young nostalgia is a good day. So, <laughs> happy no, Valentine's Day, everyone! I know, I know, we're a little bit late, but we love you out there. All of our <laughs> listeners are our Valentines. I couldn't help looking at your uh, cat about eating your microphone there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Michelle and I, my girlfriend, we got another cat this weekend, so we've been uh, having a good time trying to get her used to the apartment. <laughs> plus. Our other cat, so it's strained relationships right now, um, but it's not going too bad, I guess. Could be worse. No, nobody's eyes are gouged out just yet. Yeah, give it time. But uh, <laughs> episode 28 coming at you right now. Uh, ben and I were talking. We thought we would dip back into our past a little bit and, and bring another uh, technology of the future and modern antiques, things that used to be... Uh, you know, pop culture relevant and, you know, pretty prominent around everywhere you'd go, but uh, it's hard to find or hard for people to come by and recognize what those are um, unless you're of a certain age anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so for current tech, we're going to be covering SpaceX as well as the HomePod. So we've been trying to stick with uh, things that have been prominent in uh, recent pop culture news. HomePod just came out uh, earlier this month as well as uh, SpaceX, um, the CEO and owner actually launched his Tesla Roadster up into space a few weeks ago, February 6th. So that was kind of interesting. And um, privatizing the space space-going business is uh, very interesting, especially since the government um, has had some back and forth with the NASA program. Anyway, mm-hmm. <clears throat> without further ado, Ben, why don't you kick us off? Okay, so SpaceX is something I was kind of excited to talk about, and we'll give kind of a uh, uh, a little bit of a rundown on there on the company's kind of uh, build up into the spotlight. So, uh, first off, they were uh, the first privately funded liquid propellant rocket um, to reach orbit, which is pretty cool. That was uh, with the Falcon One in two thousand eight, um, and that you know that is not a uh, that is not a small accomplishment. I mean, that's actual rocket science right there um, for a private company, you know, to be doing. Um, and they're not also at the all. First... I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the amount of money to be able to be raised and the time and the manpower to get together, like, without a government agency, it's hard to it's hard to organize mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It is. Um they are also the first privately funded company to successfully launch, orbit, and then recover a spacecraft, which was two years later um, in 2010 with the Dragon spacecraft. Um, and in addition to that, they are the first private company ever to send a spacecraft to the International Space Station, um, which is pretty cool as well, because up until then it had all been uh, government agencies basically from uh, various different countries. And to have a, a private company... Um, is pretty cool. It makes it even better, you know, that it's the United States private company, which is, I think is kind of cool, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
And it's also pretty cool, too, that they are the first to reuse an orbital rocket, um, which, you know, it just happened February 9th, 2017. But that was something that um, we really hadn't seen. You know, stuff has been recyclable, um, but not to this extent. You know, we've reused some of the uh, the solid rocket fuel boosters and some of that stuff. Um, but this was the uh, actual, some relatively major part uh, components to the rocket that were recovered. Um and then reused. And it's pretty cool, too, that the, the boosters that were reused, not only were they, you know, up until then, they would just kind of fall back onto normally land in the ocean, and then they'd be uh, scavenged from there. But uh, these ones actually broke off and returned to base, and then both landed in parallel. Instead of, you Which know, is kind of, unheard of. I know. It's amazing. And uh, the actual... <laughs> And it, it, the the third stage, part of the main rocket body, um, that that broke off, that d- didn't break off, it jettisoned off. Um, it was supposed to do the same thing as well, um, but there was some problems, uh, some problems with it, and it, it ended up crashing. And it was it was supposed to land on a drone in the ocean, which was pretty neat. But uh, yeah, anyway, got kind of kind of carried away there for a second. Um, <laughs> kind of back, <laughs> got to back it up a little bit. I was getting I was getting excited. Um, they're the first privately funded <laughs> space agency to launch an object into solar orb- orbit um, with the Falcon Heavy in 2018. Um, SpaceX has flown 10 missions to the International Space Station under the cargo resupply contract. Um, and NASA has also awarded SpaceX a further development contract in 2011 to develop and demonstrate a human-rated dragon Um which would then be used to transport astronauts to and from the International Space Station, um, you know, between the space station and uh, the base on Earth. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, what's what's cool about that is that they're actually, um, you know, utilizing the, the reuse of the boosters and the entire space shuttle in the fact that they can go back and forth between the International Space Station and land back here on Earth. Mm-hmm. And... It's so interesting because, like, NASA <clears throat> never had a huge contract out to a private company like this before. Mm-hmm. It's the first ever, and they've proven themselves to be, time and time again, like, getting things done and able to actually come through with gold set. Um, it's 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 so interesting to see how privatized spaceflight can become and how successful it can be. Plus, but by, you know privately funding these things more money could come in without maybe budget limits to be able to uh learn and um you know design these revolutionary things of reusing boosters and spaceships it's it's insane right and uh and, you know, you kind of brought it up a little bit with the NASA. And, you know, everyone knows NASA. It's pretty much petered out over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, the, the, the space shuttle stuff has been shut down for quite a while now. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, our astronauts going to the International Space Station, I think they were they were getting rides with the either Russia or China, I believe. And so uh-huh. we really yeah. didn't have much going on in the way of space program at all. And... <clears throat> And I, me personally, I love the space program. I know there's a lot of people who think it's kind of a waste of money. You know, we need to worry about, you know, stuff here first. Um, but I love it. And I like it even better that it's private because, you know, 
yes, I, I really like the space program and the research, that sort of thing, but I, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, the, the taxpayer dollars getting spent on it. So that's why I really, really like the private company thing. And I think that's kind of a, a middle ground for a lot of people who um, are not totally behind the space exploration. You know, that's it's a private thing, so they're not necessarily... Um, uh, yeah, they're get, they have government contracts, so there is you know taxpayer money going towards it, but it's not like it's a strict government program that's in charge of it. So, yeah, I mean, I even when you think about it, I think the space program is awesome. Um, you know what? And I'm not going to fret over how many countless of dollars of taxpayer mm-hmm. money has gone to it because look at all the technology that comes out of space flight and the research that they do that we use for our everyday lives now. There's a whole bunch. You could just look it up on, um, you know, Google, and there's a whole list of just mundane things that we use now that were discovered mm-hmm. by NASA through researching spaceflight, mm-hmm. which is neat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm I'm totally <clears throat> against it. I just it's kind of one of those things. It's I love the space program, but that's kind of just like an added benefit of the SpaceX thing, which I, I mean, it's cool anyway. Yeah. But it's just kind of icing on the cake. <clears throat> I'm just trying to argue with you. I want to get you fired up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring me down. Gonna I was turn so pumped G- about talking about SpaceX. <laughs> this is going to turn into Jerry Springer. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, <laughs> 800 miles away, I can't like hit you with a chair or something. Um, <laughs> in 2011, SpaceX, uh, they, were at, they were just beginning a funded reusable launch system technology development program. Um, and kind of a, a timeline going through this we have in December 15th. Um, our first stage was flown back to the landing pad near the launch site where it successfully accomplished a propulsive vertical landing, which is really the first achievement uh, for any rocket for suborbital spaceflight. Um, in April 2016, uh, with the launch of the CRS-8, SpaceX successfully uh, vertically landed a first stage on an ocean drone ship landing pad platform, which is really cool that not only is it you know, coming back to land, but it's landing on another, like, uh, <laughs> autonomous drone. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm watching the video feed here, and no one's being attacked by a cat. <laughs> she jumped off the table and pulled my phone off. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Um, in May 2016, uh, with another first for SpaceX, um, they landed a first stage, but during a significantly more energetic geostationary transfer orbit mission. Um, you know, kind of simplify that a little bit. It was it was very complicated. <laughs> oh, my I'm God. Not a, I'm not a rocket scientist, so that's what I took from that. Uh, <laughs> Um, then again, in March 2017, they once again became the first successfully relaunch and land the first stage of an orbital rocket. So, I mean, this is something they've been working towards for quite a while. But, but you know, actually, now that I think about it, no. Um, they kind of started this stuff. There was a lot of testing that began in and research that began in 2011, but they didn't really start full-scale testing until 2015. And now it's perfected, well... I'll say perfected, but it's usable state um, in 2018, which is just three years, which is pretty impressive. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then to kind of (laughs) kind of round it out with the uh, the more current stuff, 
in September 2016, CEO Elon Musk unveiled the mission architecture of the Interplanetary Transport System Program, um, which was an ambitious, privately funded initiative to develop uh, technology for space flight um, to be used in manned interplanetary spaceflight. Um, and in the future, this transportation architecture could lead to uh, potentially sustainable human settlements on uh, on other planets, kind of specifically focused on uh, Mars at this point in time. Uh, yeah, it's um, I always find it interesting because the strides that SpaceX has made, it's almost that like NASA is looking to SpaceX for the next step of space travel, which is colonization on some other planet like mm-hmm. some other like planetary um, exploration it's you know they're looking to spacex so much like spacex is just not willing they're excuse me they're they're totally willing to take risks out of the gate and do what they can to make those risks like happen it's insane mm-hmm. i mean elon musk i mean that's kind of what he's known for it's just a go big or go home kind of guy and, you know, it's fitting that this is the kind of stuff he's into because that's yeah. really the kind of personality you have to have um, <clears throat> and the kind of philosophy that you have to have. Um, just last year in 2017, uh, Elon Musk uh, uh-huh. announced that the company had been contracted by two private individuals uh, to send them in a Dragon spacecraft on a free return trajectory around the moon, uh, which is, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um but here, I don't know. How do you just, how do you, you know, talk to, how do you just talk to him about that? You like send him an email like, Hey, can you send me around the moon? <laughs> sure. But it's going to have to cost you. Yeah. Like, are you going <laughs> to shell out the $6 million to do that or more? I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, provisionally launching in 2018, you know, we might see that later this year. Um, it could potentially become, uh, the first instance of uh, tourism outside of Earth's atmosphere, which is, I don't know, that's really cool. You know, I'm sure there's going to be quite a while yeah, before there's yeah, just launches, you know, every day of, you know, tourism for that sort of thing. Um, you know, but if it ever got to that yeah. point, I'd love to and go. Then That'd j- be awesome. Just, just wait, they'll put, uh... <laughs> right? Just wait, <laughs> and then they'll... Uh... You'll see some casinos out there. You'll see those um, guys out on stands. They have those stupid lights that you could buy. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. People would be like painting stuff on the moon so that we could see it. <laughs> like moon vandalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. You've just been mooned. Get it? <laughs> moon from the moon. Was that bad? Yeah, that was pretty bad. all right so let's move on to uh, our next current technology which is the home pad a home pod dang it that just released early february so pretty much what the home pod is it's like a rounded cylindrical shape speaker and has a small touch screen on top has 12 tweeters seven tweeters in its base and four inch uh subwoofer towards the top so as well as six microphones, which are utilized for voice control as well as acoustic optimization. So this thing is kind of a powerhouse, but you know we've kind of seen these 
small portable home speaker entertainment systems through other things. Like you got the Google Home. You got uh, like the Echo, the Amazon Echo. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same kind of thing. But now Apple just stuck their logo on it. So here, uh, the HomePod actually integrates Siri, um, which can be used to control the speaker, the volume, as well as changing songs. Um, um, and then like other HomeKit devices that you might have. And it can be used to conduct uh, text messages, voice calls from your iPhone. Um, so the HomePod actually supports only proprietary Apple platforms and technologies, including Apple Music, the iTunes Store, um, Apple Podcasts, as well as Match. So the really downside about this as you know, I mean, if you're an Apple person through and through, this thing is for you because um, it's you know pretty streamlined, but it does not support Bluetooth audio. So if you have music on your phone, um, like Spotify or something like that, but you want to play those playlists through your HomePod through Bluetooth, you can't, which is something I feel like, why would you have the small portable home entertainment speaker and not have Bluetooth compatibility? Yeah, that is weird. But, but you know, even if it doesn't have Bluetooth, it still is connecting to the Internet. And I know uh, <clears throat> uh, I know Wi-Fi speakers have really become popular in recent years. Um, it, I, is, I, I'm not, I don't seem to be as familiar with it as you are. Is there a way to play it through Wi-Fi like that instead of the Bluetooth? I mean, that would kind of... Uh, take care of i mean it would kind of fix that problem but i just don't really know if that's you know built into the device honestly i'm not too sure but what it sounds like is that they're it pretty much the home pod runs on like an ios system so okay. they have like the base apps like itunes and apple mm-hmm. music and the podcasts and stuff like that so you can't run like a separate app or anything through it even though it's connected to wi-fi it's operated mm-hmm. for what's on it i'm pretty sure Right. And so I I can't say yet. Yeah. You know, it might have that, yeah, you know, like so an airplay weird. kind of capability that, you know, it, it, it's not recognized necessarily as a Bluetooth speaker, but you can airplay through it, you know, similar to like you would airplay something through a, an Apple TV, which is, you know, that I, I've worked with that a little bit more. Um, so it might be similar. Yeah. I, I could also be making all of that up. I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I no, no I, um, I mean, that does the big seem thing like here kind of an like, oversight, though, with not having Bluetooth. Definitely, I mean, you know, I'll go on real quick um, talking about some reviews. So overall, since it came out in early February, there's a lot of mixed reviews in terms of the HomePod. So, um, some people who were reviewing it, a lot of people have the same ground level where like it endorses the rich sound and audio calibration that the HomePod has. So the rich sound of like having, you know, the small speakers and the, a small little device, it does sound great in almost every room. Um, it's, you know, high quality that you could expect um, from Apple audio um, and, and things like that, as well as the audio calibration. So depending on what room you're at or where the HomePod is, it actually calibrates to what would make the music sound the best in this environment, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Um, but overall, it's pretty criticized for the lack of third-party compatibility where you have other options out there that aren't as much as the HomePod to buy and they have third-party co- um, calibration compatibility where 
you could listen to Spotify. You could listen to your downloaded music as well as your iTunes music, um, and it costs less. So that's really what the big criticism is, is that it's just not – it's not so – the functionality is so limited because mm-hmm. Apple is you know kind of known for that sometimes where they kind of strict it to their own things as well as Siri has been criticized for the functionality where it can't fetch as much as like Alexa and the Google Assistant can off the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, something for the uh, <clears throat> the, the the voice, uh, what am I trying to say? The voice activated stuff, the like the Siri, Alexa, Google Assistant. Um, yeah, as far as being bad reviews on that, that's something I can identify with a little bit less because I'm not a huge fan of that. I always... I turn all of that off as much as I can just because I'm not one of those users. You know, I don't even like the voice input to writing and that sort of thing that, you know, I know a lot of people who love it, but I turn all of it off that I can. So that doesn't bother me too much, but you know, something, it is the, the third party, uh, compatibility that, you know, that really stinks. And, and it's, I'm not surprised about it because that's, is probably the number one thing Apple is known for, <laughs> is, uh, they're yeah. not being, yeah very third-party compatible and they've gotten better in recent years and who knows maybe uh you know sales will decline or something like that and they'll they'll roll out some new uh firmware versions that'll kind of uh fix that a little bit you know i mean we've seen that i mean i had i don't know as much about you but i've been involved with the uh the jailbreaking stuff i mean ever since like ios 5 and 6 and so (laughs) i've been in that for a long time and it's funny because i can see the progression of features that were really popular with jailbreaking iPhones have slowly made it into iOS firmware over the years. You know, it's almost like Uh for a long time, before they really kind of got the crackdown and stopped the jailbreaking entirely, they were kind of looking at, you know, what's really popular and what are people really wanting to do with, you know, opening up their software, and they've worked that into iOS. So, um, who knows, maybe that's kind of something we'll see with the HomePod. You know? I guess yeah. we might we might see yeah. it. So. Yeah, very interesting. I mean Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is the the ground, you know, the the start of this kind of thing. Uh, Apple's first dip into this kind of market. So, you know, it, they're they're probably just seeing how it goes, tweaking things. I mean, by no means are we dissing the home pod. But Oh no, not at all. There 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 are things that could do the same job. But you don't have to spend a fortune. So mm-hmm. overall, The Verge scored HomePod as seven point five out of ten. As well as I was reading, there's some you know there's always gimmicks with, uh, you know the, the latest technology. So because of the vibrations and everything like that that the HomePod gives off, if you place it on a wood surface, a lot of times people have been finding that it leaves behind a ring on the wooden surfaces. That yeah, is I'm, very hard to get off. You know, I'm I, I'm not entirely surprised by that. I'm sure it's got a, a kind of a rubber foot on it. And, you know, with this many, uh-huh. it's got seven tweeters, uh, a big giant subwoofer in it. Like, I mean, it's got to vibrate like crazy. And so I'm, I'm not really surprised that there's a lot of friction between that rubber foot and a, a surface. So that's definitely something to look out for. Yeah. <clears throat> Boy, I wouldn't be too yeah, happy about definitely. that. So I'd put it on like expensive, I get, you know, just this new expensive <laughs> gadget and then it kind of ruins a, you know, an old table or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, put it on like glass or some sort of tile or something. Uh, mm. Anyway, you get all of these amazing features and lack of third-party compatibility for a whopping three hundred and forty-nine dollars. <laughs> but well, you know, 
now that I think about it, I thought that was going to be really high at first, and it is, don't get me wrong. But if you go and look at the price for uh, some top-level Bluetooth speakers, you know, that are just Bluetooth speakers, and that's that's all they do, you know, that's really not a whole lot more. <laughs> Granted, I guess it's kind of apples yeah. to oranges right now, because I just remembered that this doesn't have Bluetooth um, compatibility, but... Uh, <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's kind of similar in, in that regard, but, uh, you know, it's not really that much more than something similar of that, of that other, uh, that other type of device. Yeah. I mean, but what do you think about it? A Bluetooth speaker, like, okay, you and I, you know, just for who we are, we don't need Siri, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't pay um, extra for any And then of that. we can play everything. We can play, we can play our, we can play our Apple music. We could play our podcast. We could play. We could listen to all the other kind of music on, on our from our app. iPhones on the Bluetooth speaker. What'd you say? I said we would, of course, use it mostly for listening to Young Nostalgia on the podcast app. Oh well, yeah. <coughs> As should well, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, check it out if you're interested. Uh, so, you know, something to definitely keep a watch on, and I'm sure they're going to come out with the second version in about six months. But. Uh, Anyway, I guess, uh, you know, tailing out the episode, we'll go over a few modern antiques. Ben, what do you got? All right. First on the list, and you know, probably one of the uh, kind of the major things within, uh, you know, technology over the past 10 years or so is the uh, you don't really see too many cathode ray tube televisions anymore. And that sounds all fancy and stuff, but. That's just the old style tube <laughs> televisions um, <clears throat> that you don't, I mean, gosh, you don't see them anywhere anymore. I mean, past couple of years, you used to see them occasionally here and uh-uh. there, but well, what was phased it? out, but now they're just gone. Yeah. Well, what was it? Well, the, the last uh, technology of the future in modern antiques, didn't we talk about like a tube replacer that you could go to the store and switch oh, out yeah. your tubes? It was a vacuum tube tester that you could go test them, and then you could That's also, it. from a shelf right next to it, you could, you know, uh, you could pick out the exact tube that you needed to go home and replace it. You didn't have to call the TV repairman. Exactly. That's a, that that should be on the list yeah. right here is a TV repairman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, same with same with like uh, radio technicians. Like the yeah. antique radios would come with the schematics on the back. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to call your technician and they would have the key to be able to know what the short is or where the electronic lines go to and all, and all that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. And we, we had, gosh, for a long time, Ashland had, uh, there was a TV repair, repair store. And, you know, I haven't been to that part of town recently. But I think, I know the building's still there, but I don't think it's been a TV repair shop for a long time. Um, and yeah, it's just, you just don't, you just don't have that anymore. And so I thought it was definitely <laughs> kind of fitting, fitting for the list. Yeah. And now Radio Shack's gone. So now there's literally nothing. Oh, that's true. And well, and you know, it's amazing too, how cheap the flat screen stuff has gotten in the past couple of years as well. Oh yeah. Cause when it first came out, it was just nuts and expensive. <laughs> um, yep. And now you can go get a decent TV for potentially less than a hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, I got mine for ten bucks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, 
Does that ten bucks? Uh, was that ten dollars for a lock picking set? <laughs> like, no. <you> stealing it. <laughs> no. <laughs> that could be a story for another time for the podcast. Okay, that's on the other podcast. It's called like Yum Criminals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young thugs. <laughs> Oh, All right, another thing that I have on here too, and you know, I, I don't, I don't think it was as prevalent as like the the modern cell phone is today. I mean, everyone's got a cell phone, sometimes multiple. Um, but pagers, that kind of that technology seems like it was, like it kind of came and went uh, pretty fast. It seems like it never really um got gigantic it's like as soon as it started to get popular then boom you don't you didn't hear about it granted you know i wasn't neither of us were really alive uh when that was going on um or when that was popular but uh and it's just i don't know it just seems like it's such a uh such an odd such an odd way of uh doing anything it just doesn't seem i mean i understand what it was for is you know like hey you need to talk to somebody but um for for what it was and the technology that went into it, it's like it just didn't really seem worth it. And maybe that's just the yeah. perspective of someone who can just pick up a phone and call anyone in the world. <laughs> you know, looking at it with that capability, then looking back on the old thing and saying like, why bother? But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, the only way I can associate pagers is for work or when you watch those stupid uh, hospital sitcom or like hospital dramas. <laughs> yeah, they still they still have pagers. <laughs> you know, I, I think of it as like a work environment. That's that's all I can think of it as. But yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, that would be good. It's not, you know, if it, it's something that you don't really need to uh, communicate back and forth really quickly. Someone just needs to get a message out to you. Um, yeah, you know, that would that would be good for that. But I don't know. It's funny too because we have the same <laughs> thing nowadays that you know it does the same thing and maybe more, but it's you know. A fraction of the size because those things they yeah, were giant, yeah. but they were they were kind of clunky. Yeah, you had to put them on your on your side and everything, <laughs> and they made stupid noises like either beeping or vibrating a whole bunch. Or... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. Um, huh. Another thing we want to talk about is phones in general. Um, do you have a landline phone? I'm assuming not. Probably. Um, I, I did back in, you know, back in Ohio with my parents, we do. Mm-hmm. And my dad but actually, yeah. he, he worked in like the landline business, I guess, because he mm-hmm. would, he would fix the trucks or like for the company that operated the landline, he would fix their, their trucks that would fix the right. lands. But mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting just how that, how that even, even he was, since he was on the mechanic side for the trucks, how much the business changed from the landlines oh definitely i mean you don't you don't really see you see the same companies the uh the uh television internet phone companies this you still see them advertising but you you don't really ever see uh advertising for phone service uh landline phone service um you don't see you you, you just see less home phones i mean i know tons of people probably most of the people i i know they don't have landlines anymore. That's just uh-uh. not a thing that people have. Yeah. Um, and that kind of goes, kind of leads into another thing is public pay phones. When's the last time you saw oh a pay God. phone? Oh, geez, dude. I mean, I've seen 
kiosks or things on the side of buildings that used to be pay phones, but they're not there anymore. Oh, yeah. I see that all the time. And uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, and that's something it's weird. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's I mean, along these same lines, it's like phone books. It's all being phased <laughs> out. People just like they have their contacts in their phone or you can look up the next Chinese restaurant that's near you for takeout on your phone on the Internet. That, that or Google Maps, if you're if you're looking for a specific uh, uh, business or company uh, in my line of work, I'm, I, I go to uh, manufacturing facilities a lot and I can just Google it. Yeah. Google the name and maybe the city and it'll just boom, <laughs> pop up right there. I've got multiple phone numbers. I've got uh, the address to be able to plug right into Google Maps. Um, and it, it makes it so easy. And, you know, I mean, I suppose I've probably used a phone book you know, as I was young, when I was younger and, you know, you didn't have a smartphone to be able to look at it, look it up real quick. But, uh, you know, that's a phone book is something that there's probably a lot of people alive now that have never even handled a phone book before. Um, Oh no. Or like look through the yellow pages (laughs) or whatever. Oh yes. Now I will say, I have, I have never used the yellow pages. Just, I never, you know, called a business or anything like that, but, uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, another thing too is the. Uh, did you ever did you ever do any of the uh, dialing four one one or fourteen seventy one or one four one or any of that stuff? Yeah, no. For like getting an operator and then saying where you want to go, or these are the people that I'm looking for, and then they'll transfer you onto that line. Yeah, and I, you know the ones that the the ones I just listed. I mean, there was those were a couple, but. There were so many other numbers too that you could call, like like you said, to talk to an operator or anything like that. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> who does that anymore? I've not heard of anyone <laughs> talk about it or doing it. And I mean, I know like the four one one is you could, you know, you call it and you, you kind of a roundabout way putting in your where you're at or what location you're interested in it would give you basically just kind of a rundown of attractions and businesses and restaurants and anything like that, which is. I mean, it's actually kind of cool. Um, you know, it's cool that there was a way of doing that. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense anymore, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder yeah. if this stuff still works. I don't even know. I never. Even I tried heck, it. I'm guessing so because sometimes um, I actually saw a job posting just the other day. It was working for a 411 service. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess there's still, you know, I, I guess as long as there's still people out there that A, don't have cell phones and use landlines, or B, have the uh, non-smartphone, dumb phones, basically, um, you know, that would still make use of something like that. But it's got to be a, you know, relatively uh, small minority of people who are going out and doing things that would be using that service. Oh yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Most and definitely. what I think it's the I can't remember which one's which the fourteen seventy one, and the one four one. I think one of them you use to block your number from coming up as a uh, caller ID, and the other one is you can it'll you you dial it and it'll tell you the last number that called you or something like that. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and, huh. I, and there's other things that were neat. Similar, like the star six seven. I don't know if anyone uses that anymore, but yep, to block your caller ID. But I don't know. Yep, it's kind of weird how that stuff huh. it 
it pops up yeah and it's really popular it is weird just it's fun it's weird just how it just goes away so fast and i noticed that with the public pay phones i mean it seems like it seems like they went away fast uh-huh you know, it's like I mean, i'm sure ever they, since they phased mid 2000s yeah it's not it's not like they were just kind of gradually phased out it seems like they just boom went away gone but <laughs> <laughs> oh. weird yeah it is weird all right well kind of rounding out oh. the list uh you know for the the modern antiques and i guess this one really can't be classified as a modern antique but uh something you just don't think about too much anymore is a travel agent you know i mean that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i guess i mean i don't think everyone used them you know back when they were popular but I don't know, it just seems weird now. Like, oh, you want to go on vacation? Let's go talk to a travel agent and they'll set us up. I'm like, I don't know. It's You just go do something. You just go to Travelocity. Yeah, you just <laughs> go to Travelocity, book your tickets, and you're good to go. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess yeah, it's, it means doing the same thing. It's just, you know, without internet. And even if you did go to a travel agent, yeah. you're going to you're gonna be sitting, you're going to be standing there, they're going to be sitting behind their desk, and they're going to have Travelocity open right on their computer. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so it's like what's the point <clears throat> oh that's funny uh but i don't know you know i've never good. heard of anyone actually going to a travel agent but you see them in movies and tv shows and that sort of thing that are you know older movies and tv shows um so it must have been popular enough to yeah put into to put into media so i i don't know it's, it just seems so <laughs> foreign now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, that's a wrap. Rounding out Technology of the Future and Modern Antiques, episode 28 here of Young Nostalgia. Um, as always, if you love what you hear, Ben and I really want to know how you're feeling about the show. Give us a rate on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean. Um, we're out there on Player FM as well. Um, and pretty much anywhere that uh, you get your favorite podcasts at, uh, let us know how we're doing. Um, if you want to be a guest on the show or want to give us personal feedback, feel free to give us an email at youngnostalgia.2017 um, at gmail.com. Dang it. Oh, my God. Ben's messing me up. Give us an email at youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. Again, we're waiting for those reviews. We love to hear back from you, but uh, we love having you here with us, and it means a lot that you're taking the journey down with us while being young at heart. All right, Ben, anything else, big guy? <laughs> no, Other I than you sticking out your show. tongue and trying to mouth your microphone. Oh, geez. Well, I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't <laughs> need that visualization, but... <laughs> no, I think that was a good show. That was a really fun show. I like those. Hey, man. It was. It <laughs> well, was It was a great show. Um, well, and, I mean, uh, I didn't call you out for the other, like, three times your cat was attacking you throughout the show, just the once. <laughs> well i had to call you you out at least once it's been a while yeah um, anyway <clears throat> thank you so much for joining us and as we always say here on young nostalgia keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full take care everybody <laughs>